Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So I want to talk about or the, the title of the talk I'm calling, It's Never Too Late, Never Too Late to Wake Up. And I had this theme come up uh, in a conversation I, I had uh, this week with somebody who I um, support in her practice. Um, she's, uh, she lives in Germany and uh, uh, she sat the two-month retreat, came over to Spirit Rock uh, this, this year and uh, sits every year when I go out there and, and teach in the summer. And she had come back from her the two month retreat, and she had really gotten into such beautiful place. Uh, and then she returned to her busy life as a school teacher, um, very dedicated school teacher, and a very uh, intense and hectic life. And she uh, came back. Uh, really wanting to keep her practice going strong. But she was seeing over time, oh, she was sitting a little bit less each day and maybe getting caught in, oh, looking at TV or Netflix or things like that. Um, not terrible things. But little by little, she was seeing that her practice was kind of getting a little bit uh, sloppy around the edges. And she was really um, getting frustrated, particularly when she could see what she was doing. And there she was, well, do I really have to sit now? Or maybe I'll just watch this two-hour movie and... And she was seeing herself make those choices and then getting really frustrated that she was making those choices. Anybody relate to this? <clears throat> and she, she said, gosh, you know, I thought I should know better because I've done, been doing all this dedicated practice. Um, and we, we were looking at this whole process. And in particular, I wanted her to explore that moment of choice of where she, she goes down one road. That's one moment I wanted her to, um, to be aware of. But even more, I wanted her to be aware of the moment where she says, oh, God, why did I do that? Once you're down that road, you're, once you've made that choice, you're gone. And there's a, a, a phenomenon called the, um, the refractory period that Paul Ekman uh, coined. He's a social psychologist. He's done a lot of work with the Dalai Lama. 
And the refractory period is once you've gotten um, your stimulus has hit and you are going down the road of an old habit, you are gone for a while. There's a book called The Power of Habit by this guy, Charles Duhigg, uh, where he talks about this on a neuroscience level. And he's and they can track one's brain that the consciousness goes offline when that stimulus gets activated. And so Paul Ekman coined this refractory period naming it the period where you are gone. And while you're gone, and you are not as conscious as you would like to be, you can do all kinds of crazy things. You can do things that people end up in prison for decades or a lifetime. People who are basically not evil but lost their mind. And on a much smaller level, I saw all those hands go up. We can all go offline. And then when the refractory period ends, we wake up and we, as John Kabat-Zinn says, we come to our senses. He, he wrote this book, Coming to Our Senses. Uh, where we come to our senses and say, oh, wow, how did I get there? Mm. That's the moment. While you're gone, you are gone. Not much you can do about it. But that is the moment where you have some choice how to relate to the fact that you've been gone. One very common choice that my friend was getting into was, I can't believe it, God. And there she was adding a, an, a second arrow on top of the first, as the Buddha talks about. It was frustrating enough that she went ahead and did the regretful behavior, but then she started beating herself up for it and that's when it was really painful. And I invited her to look. I said, let's go to that moment. And I'm going to invite you to maybe do this in a little while. Going to that moment where you see and then you start scolding. And I said, let's take a while. What's going on in there? What does it feel like in there? And she said, well, there is this scolding voice saying, oh, there you did it again. And there's this little child inside that's filled with shame. I said, hmm, yep, that pretty much describes it, I'd say for most people, yeah. There's the scolding voice, come on, you blew it again. And then there's this awful feeling of shame. Oh, how could I have been so unconscious? 
<clears throat> so how to work with this? This getting lost and then coming back and when we do come back, and I want to share with you that famous quote by Viktor Frankl that I, I thought of as I was putting these thoughts together. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. One thing about mindfulness is that it has been shown, this is what Paul Ekman showed in his, in his uh, research, mindfulness shortens the refractory period. So instead of getting lost for days or weeks, as you practice more, you wake up just a little bit sooner, maybe hours or maybe even minutes have you noticed that you wake up a little bit sooner than you did when you started practice i'm, I'm curious just if that's so let me see hands okay see it works doesn't it that's the good news it works this stuff works so you are doing the very thing that will help you wake up sooner However, there's still that moment when you realize you've been gone. And at that moment, we have some choice how to relate to it. First, to see that this is simply old habits. And the neural pathways have been practiced for a long time and so when you see it's just habits, there's a whole lot less blame. Instead of why did I get lost? It's, oh, that's why I got lost. Just the button got pressed and out came that reaction or that choice. And in that moment, when we see it that way, when we see there's that little kid in, inside of us who feels shame. What does a little kid who feels shame need? If you saw a little child who was filled with shame, would scolding be the most skillful way? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, there you go. You did it again. Bad boy. Then you just feel, oh, I am a bad boy. And my friend had that kind of one of her parents was that way. She could really hear her parents say that. So she was just internalizing that. What does that little child need? just to be held and understood and comforted and saying, okay, you did it a way that doesn't feel good 
and you're a good person that just forgot. And that forgiveness is makes all the difference in the world. <clears throat> and instead of instead of feeling frustrated that you did it again, you can feel appreciative that you're seeing it. As Pema Chodron says, a line that I've shared often, um, take delight in the awareness that sees the dukkha, that sees the suffering. There's an awareness that sees it. It's humbling to start being more awake because then you see it all the more clearly. However, from a karmic point of view, it's better to do something unskillful and be aware that you're doing it than to not be aware at all. And you might say, hey, that doesn't seem very fair. You know, if you didn't know, you didn't know. However, from a karmic point of view, you are in touch with the pain that comes from acting in an unskillful way. And you are more likely to change, particularly if you're not beating yourself up. Because if you have guilt, then you are doomed to just corroborate, you just confirm what a, what a jerk you are. Yep, that's me. But if you can hold it with compassion and get clear on you want to do it a different way, then there's a possibility of changing. This process of awakening and purification takes tremendous patience. Uh, as as uh, is said, the spiritual journey requires a cup of wisdom, a barrel of love, and an ocean of patience. So every time you see that you've gone down that road, ah, I've woken up. Okay, thank goodness I can see that there's another way. The Buddha talks about this in one of his discourses, one of my favorite discourses, advice to his son, advice to Rahula. It's number 61 in the Majjhima Nikaya, where he says, you might do an action or you might be thinking of an action that is um, that you're wondering how skillful it is. He says, if you can notice, where is this going to lead to more suffering or happiness? And if it's going to lead to more suffering, don't do it if you don't want to suffer. But he says you might forget or you might not be aware then take a look at if you can in the middle of the action how is this going how is it feeling is this leading to more happiness or suffering and if it's leading to more suffering then don't do it but then he says quite astutely and realistically you might not realize it until after the deed has been done or the words have been spoken and he says in this discourse in that moment 
bring wise reflection to your situation. He doesn't say beat yourself up. He doesn't say whip yourself. Yeah, you really were a jerk. He says bring wise reflection and see what happened when you did this and how it feels. And instead of guilt, have wise remorse, what's called wise remorse, where you see, oh, when I did that, it doesn't feel good. And then you make a commitment to do it differently the next time, as best you can with that ocean of patience. He also says to speak to somebody who you um, you respect and don't keep it inside uh, or you can make amends to the anyone if there's somebody that's been hurt. So this is where the precepts come in as well, where you can make a promise to yourself to act wisely, particularly not causing harm. And that's a whole other level than, oh, should I, uh, how about the Netflix film? Uh, but the precepts can, can help you at least not be causing harm to others. And with internally, you can see, oh, what does that feel like? And when you wake up, you see, oh, you just got caught. You just got lost again. It's okay, dear. Self-compassion. And notice how good it feels when you choose the more skillful way. Instead of beating yourself up when you, when you did it wrong again, what's that, with that, that song, whoops, I did it again, um, to feel great about, oh, how good this feels. Yeah, good. Then you're celebrating and you're going for the positive quality. So precepts are helpful. And then I just want to say one more thing. And then if we have time for, well, an exercise and then uh, see how much time we have left. And that is in this process of purification, wanted to share with you a little teaching that I've always found helpful about this process of waking up. One is unprompted unconsciousness. Second is, I'll go over these, prompted unconsciousness. Third is prompted consciousness. And fourth is unprompted consciousness. Unprompted unconsciousness is you go ahead and are completely clueless as to the suffering that you might be causing to yourself or others, particularly others. So you're just kind of in dreamland or in mean-spirited land or whatever. That's where you're coming from. Prompted unconsciousness is when you deliberately do something that is unskillful or you knowingly do something that's unskillful. Okay, like we said before, better to know it than not to know it. Okay. But little by little, it's better to be prompted unconsciousness than unprompted unconsciousness. As you start to wake up, 
you start to be inclined to be in the prompted consciousness category where you are consciously where you're deciding you have to prompt yourself oh this will be good for you let's go this route and then you go ahead and you feel how good it is so you have to kind of give yourself maybe a pep talk okay let's go for it oh yeah that felt pretty good and then the more you are in that habit the more it becomes habituated and your neural pathways start to naturally incline towards the wholesome and that's when you enter into the unprompted consciousness realm sounds like a pretty good progression doesn't it that's where we are and so you've got to be patient and give yourself a pep talk from time to time until it becomes so natural you know there are things i did when i was younger i can't believe i did them and i went through period where i said oh my god i can't believe that i could never do now you might feel that so in your own life have you grown any in the last 20 or 30 years or five years ah isn't that great we're moving in the direction of unprompted unconsciousness but it takes a barrel of wisdom a, a barrel of wisdom no a cup of wisdom a barrel of love and an ocean of patience so just as we end invite you to go inside and pick a habit you know pick a habit any habit like pick a card any card pick a habit that you are wishing you can change and now see yourself going through it both ways oh the unskillful one unskillful way as you might tend to do and then see the moment that you wake up and realize oh oh i'd like to do it a different way and see if you can bring some kindness to that moment and intention and know that you're on a journey of awakening catch that moment and instead of scolding move into compassionate understanding and forgiveness it's just habits it's okay dear we're learning I hope you can anchor that that response. It's okay. I'm just on a journey of awakening. Now take a nice breath. And then envision choosing the skillful way, the way that the delayed gratification that later on you say, oh, that felt pretty good. 
and see how good it might feel to give that to yourself. And know that you can choose that, not because you're trying to be a good boy or a good girl, but just because it feels good. Ah, you're taking good care of yourself. And with this week, play around with this habit. Just as an experiment. And when you forget, hmm, there's that moment of compassionate understanding. No second arrow or quiver of arrows. Just starting again. Start once again. Okay. I've woken up, thank goodness, I see. I see you, Mara, like the Buddha would say. Ah, I see you, Mara. And if you can catch it sooner, so you choose a way that serves you, then go for that. But make this week a week of practice. Why not? You're on a journey of awakening. So uh, I'm sorry, don't have real time for questions or comments, um, but it's um, great to hang out with you. And um, next week, I, I promise I'll, I'll leave some time for conversation and uh, discussion. Um, but let's just dedicate our, our evening to the benefit of ourselves, everyone that we know, and to all beings everywhere, and this beautiful planet that we're on, may it be for the benefit of all. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.